0: podcast one production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringoudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to the Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Hello, Nat Kringutas. Cecilia, how are you today? I'm lovely. I love that you ask me every time we come into a dual podcast well, together. I'm good, thank you. That's good. Now today we have an amazing guest. Oh, we do. Oh, and the technology that we've had to mm-hmm. pull oh. out to get this to work properly. Tell you what, here's the thing:
1: it's all about quality mm-hmm. for ratings. <laughs> <laughs> we need it to sound good for the people to love it. Yeah. For them to then go on and go, oh, I need to rate this podcast. Oh, you know where I I'm going here, don't done. you? We can stop talking about that now. <laughs> we need to introduce our guest for today. She is an amazing woman. She is actually in my mastermind group, and that's how I came
0: to um, love her and her work. Well, I think today you're going to find out about something that I don't think you've really touched on anywhere else. I have never heard anybody speaking about this in this world mm-hmm. at this particular time. Well, what's interesting is I think there's a few
1: things like that that we're suddenly speaking about mm. that we have kind of either pushed under or brushed under the carpet yep. or put it in the too hard basket. Mm-hmm. Um, And let's not forget that we really have just come off the back of this phase in civilization where it was like suck it up and get on with it.
0: Absolutely. Mm. We're talking today about betrayal Mm
2: -hmm. and our guest is? So I'm Dr. Debbie Silber and I help women heal from betrayal physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually so they can learn to trust again, feel safe again, love again, open their heart again. Wow. It's a lot. Oh, it is a lot. <laughs> Just women? Mm-hmm. You know, lately we've been having so many men, uh, take the, the post-betrayal syndrome assessment. So we, we've created an inner circle program because, um, they, they do have uh, the same symptoms and challenges, but a lot of them want to work, uh, away from the women. I get it. They, mm. they just may be a little more vulnerable and we so we, we handle them separately.
0: They also work uh, in a different way to us, don't they? I mean, I think a lot of the time men haven't kind of figured out what that feeling is that they've got.
2: You know, men are so, they're, they're uh, I guess, raised to be strong and being strong mm. means not being vulnerable, not, not expressing their emotions. But there are deep, painful emotions that are just part of betrayal. They Mm. just happen. It doesn't matter how strong you are. If you don't move through them, they will follow you like a shadow. Yeah, that's it, right? So, Debbie, how do you find yourself here?
1: Like this work you're doing, how did we land here?
2: Yeah, you don't study something like betrayal unless you need to. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I've been in health mindset, personal development for 27 years. And then it was actually my my own betrayal. I had a family betrayal. And then you know how, how it works. The You don't learn the lesson you were meant to learn. The universe gives you another opportunity that was in the form of my husband. And not what many people would do maybe, but for me, I needed to understand You know how the mind works, why we do what we do. So I enrolled in a PhD program. <laughs> what um, a good in, way to yeah.
0: get, a, you know, I know, six years of study, that'll figure it out. Yeah.
2: Study it at that level. And uh, it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. Because I was transforming, I didn't understand it. He was too, at, you know, out of the house. I didn't understand it. And I just wanted to understand it further. And then it was time to do a study you know, for my dissertation. So I studied how women... Uh, experience betrayal. What holds them back? What helps them heal? And um, I remember going into the study, saying, "Wow, how how we have the stages of grief. How comforting would it be if somehow we could find stages of healing uh, as you move through betrayal?" And and actually, that was one of the three discoveries that were made one was that while you can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, if you're going to heal, and it's a choice and we can talk about that, you will move through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting is now we know what happens physically, mentally, emotionally at every stage, and we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next.
1: Mm-hmm. And I imagine that everybody does that in a, di- in a different way, or maybe more time than others. You
0: know, we're all different in that. Can we just talk about The definition of betrayal. I mean, are you talking about romantic? Are you speaking about
2: emotional? Not necessarily. My definition is it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. So the way it works is the more you depend on someone, the more you trust that person, the bigger the betrayal. So let's say a child who's completely dependent on their parent, and the parent does something horrible, that's going to have a way bigger impact than let's say your coworker taking credit for your idea. (laughs) Still a betrayal, but different impact. It could be your best friend, your secret safe with me and then you see it all over Facebook it could be of course a partner will stay faithful to one another and then they're not it could be siblings'll we'll take care of mom and dad one day and then that day comes and where are they so it's wherever there's that breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule and the, the word that that people use the most that I hear is blindsided because mm-hmm. think about it we're never betrayed by someone we don't know it's by people we're the closest to. So, when the people we trust the most prove untrustworthy... Who do we trust? You know, when the ones we run to and other people are causing harm are the ones causing the harm, where do we go? And that's really why betrayal is so hard because every relationship rests on a foundation of trust and trust is shattered in betrayal. And Mm -hmm. it's by the people that we've grown used to and we've felt this level of safety and security. These are basic, basic needs and betrayal shatters it. In a moment.
0: This is amazing, isn't mm. it? Because mm. I think it just resonates. You think, Oh yeah, remember that time this happened and that person did this and I might have yelled at my children a bit this morning?
2: Is that betrayal? <laughs> yeah. Mm. And and people think also, you know, time will heal it. Or if, let's say if, if it's a romantic betrayal, um, another relationship will heal it. And and we found no healing will heal it. Because what happens is if you don't learn the lesson that betrayal was trying to teach you, you will get opportunity after opportunity, the faces will change, but it's the same experience until that lesson is learned. Then what, I
1: was, yeah, I was interested they? to learn what the five stages were there. So
2: the first is like a setup stage and and This is what I saw with every single participant, me too. Um, If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with every single woman was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and really neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So this means we're really good at thinking and doing and not as great at feeling and being. And you know, you picture that table with only two legs, easy for that table to topple over. We're the same way. And also what happens though, think about it, when when we're really spending time on thinking and doing as opposed to feeling and being, one of the classic things I saw with almost everybody was we turned down our intuition and that really could have served us during that time. Uh, So that was really common. So then there's stage, that's stage one. Stage two, here's where we're blindsided. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. This is the shock. And it imprints itself on the body and mind. So think about it. You've ignited the stress response. So now you're headed for just about every stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a state of complete overwhelmed chaos, confusion. You can't wrap your mind around what just happened. This does not make sense. You cannot understand it. And there's a breakdown of your worldview. That's your mental model, how you view the world. This person's safe. This is how the world works. This is okay. And in a moment, it's shattered. And a new model, though, hasn't been formed yet. So by far, this is the scariest stage. And, but, and this is where the bottom bottoms out on you. But think about it. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You would grab hold of whatever you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical stage. It's, um, if you can't help me get out of my way, how will I survive this experience? Where do I live? How do I feed my kids? How will I live through this? And here's the thing, though. This is the stage that I see the most people stuck in right here. Because here's where you're supposed to make sense and make meaning out of your experience. But stay here too long, you start feeling like you belong here. You start planting roots here and you get all these small self-ego benefits from being here. You think about it. You get to be right. (laughs) That feels good. (laughs) You get someone to blame. You get self-pity. You get sympathy from other people. You get to justify not doing something. Oh, look what I've been through. I can't do that. You, know, you don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Should I trust you? Should I trust you? Should I trust you? Oh, forget it. I won't trust anybody. So we plant some deep roots here, and then we say, "Well, maybe maybe I did deserve this. Maybe I do belong here." And now, next thing you know, here's your new home. If you are willing, and willingness is the big word here, if you are willing to really grieve the loss of what you wanted and didn't get, what no longer is an option for you, all of that and other things, you can move into stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Your old normal doesn't exist anymore. It's not an option. And this is like, if you've ever moved to a new house, condo, apartment, office, anything, it's not familiar yet It's not doesn't have all your stuff in it, but it's going to be okay. You've at least you're turning down the stress response a bit, you know. So you're not maybe causing damage to the extent and at at the rate that you were. Once you're in this stage for a while and you know it's going to be okay, you know you can survive it. You're making this your new, you know, your your new world, your new home, you slowly move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing, rebirth and a new world view. The body starts to heal. you've turned down the stress response. you now you didn't have the bandwidth for self-care. Earlier on, you were all about survival. Now you want to nurture yourself a little bit. You want to eat better. You want to move a little bit more. You, your mind starts to heal. You're making new rules based on what you've been through. You're setting new boundaries. You're making new, you know, assumptions and ideas. And you have a new worldview based on what you've been through. And the table from the beginning, with only where we were only strengthening the physical and the mental. Now we are solidly grounded with the emotional and the spiritual too.
0: You make it sound so straightforward. <laughs> but you know what? It's identifying those
1: things as well and knowing that that's what's next. I think, like you said, a lot of people get stuck in limbo mm. with mm. that. What was that? The second phase, yeah? No,
0: that was uh, Stage three.
2: the third Stage one, three. Survival Instinct. Right, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, a
1: lot of people get stuck there, like you said. And you can certainly think of somebody that you know in your life that's been like that for 25 years.
2: Oh, absolutely. Right?
1: If you had that awareness that you were stuck maybe and that there was more, more work to be done, more recovery, more healing, then that's a game changer. I would say for a lot of people.
2: It can be. Although what I find with a lot of people is they're more committed to their story than Mm -hmm. to healing. Mm -hmm. And there's an activity that we do. It's a, it's a, a vision, visioning activity. I purposely do that. And this is really, it's all, it wasn't me. This is what the study just showed what truly worked for everybody and the, what you're able to do at different levels. And the visioning activity I found is so helpful um, at a certain point because if you're if you have a glimpse of who you could be at your physical mental emotional best your personal professional best you at least have something like a bullseye of what to work towards mm. but if you don't have any vision in sight there's no chance you're getting rid of your story because who will we be and if we have no idea what's waiting for us we're completely unwilling mm. to shed our story I think it's
1: interesting. Talking about the label, and it's you know a lot of people like to live with the label mm. until they, and I, I see Look. it. I guess maybe as a practitioner, people will use that as an you know what they stand behind or who they are, what defines them. You know, there's a lady at the bus stop just now, and I was sitting watching, and she had her results out, and it was like she, I could tell she was like, "I'm sick. This is my who I am" type thing. I was like, oh, the you know, bus stop. She was like was sort of like flushing them around like she was not proud of it but it she was almost people like. people to ask her
0: questions. Well, maybe. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, it's not until we can actually move past that and recover and that doesn't, whatever that might be. And I was sitting there looking at her thinking, I wonder what that is. But, you know, and, mm. you know, you speak to other people and, and I was talking to someone else the other day and they were, oh, yeah, I'm this and I'm divorced and then blah, blah, blah. And it's mm. like, yeah, it, you know, you're using that to define yourself right now. Can't wait for that not to be the case anymore. But you know what I mean? It's mm. sort of like we all have, and I'm sure I do it It with happens in else.
0: certain times <laughs> in your life as well. How do you make people aware that they are stuck in that if, if that, you know, if, like you say, for 25 years you've just been walking around going, this is me and I'm divorced and I'm this and I'm mm. that how mm-hmm. what what is the actual thing you can do to go okay let's move to step four or five or well
2: you know what some sometimes they're not even um, they don't even realize it's tied to an unhealed betrayal i mean i I've worked with people who they go to the most incredible health experts who cannot um, identify what this is about and, and you know like let's say for example, one of a, a very common health issue tied to betrayal is a gut issue yeah um, or extreme fatigue, so they're they're wondering why do I have this gut issue or why uh, why am I so tired? And they're not linking it to this unhealed betrayal. In fact, that was one of the other discoveries. The second discovery was that there's a collection of symptoms so common to betrayal. It's become known as post betrayal syndrome, and we can we we play this game of whack-a-mole where we're just tamping down the symptoms. (laughs) Meanwhile, we're not realizing at the very root of it is this betrayal. For example, in the business community, I see this all the time too, where let's say you're a business owner, very likely you may be hesitant to partner with someone. Why? Because you were so burned by the person closest to you who is this new person you're supposed to trust. Or it may show up, let's say you're working in a company and you're afraid to ask for that raise because you have no confidence. Why? It was shattered in that betrayal. So it follows us around in every aspect of life, of course, in relationships. You know, we we put that big wall up. Let's say it's a romantic betrayal. Well, it's like, well, I'm not opening my heart up to have that happen again. Mm -hmm. So we keep out the bad guys, but of course, we're keeping out the good guys too.
1: I would love to hear what these symptoms are. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we will be back right after this. (music)
0: We're back. We're talking to Dr Debbie Silver about betrayal and about all the elements that are part of recovering from being betrayed.
1: After the study, you discovered that there were a collective group of symptoms that people experience. Let's talk about
2: those. What are they? Some of the most common symptoms, let's say most common physical symptoms, extreme fatigue, exhaustion, gut issues, um, weight changes, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, uh, hair changes, really anything tied to the adrenals, mm. any, any, you know any symptom of adrenal fatigue it would be there a suppressed immune system, accelerated aging. so think about this now here you are you're just blindsided and now on top of that you're dealing with a, with all of these physical symptoms um, as far as let's say mental symptoms it's ca- mental confusion, chaos, overwhelm, um, brain fog so common and emotional uh, symptoms things like uh, anger, Sadness; those were the biggest ones. Depression, rage, humiliation. Um, the, you know, one of my one of my study participants explained it like this. She said, "You know what it feels like? It feels like every emotional and physical, every negative emotion and every physical feeling you could feel, and losing a child in a crowd at the same time." Oh, mm. yuck. That's a good way of describing it though, isn't it? That feeling of the wind is knocked out of you, punched in the gut, just shock, just absolute shock shock and um you know the other thing was originally i was studying something called a post traumatic growth which is kind of the upside of trauma how whatever the trauma is uh let's say natural disaster disease death of a loved one how it leaves you with this new awareness perspective insight that you that you didn't have before the experience but i've been through disease and i've been through death of a loved one and betrayal felt very different for me but i didn't want to assume so i brought it back out to my study participants and i asked it and i asked them, I said, for anyone who's had other life crises besides, you know, betrayal, does betrayal feel different to you? Um, unanimously, they all said it feels vastly different. Now, I'm not comparing, you know, my trauma is worse than your trauma, but it was vastly different because what happens is there's there's this you have to mourn the loss of whatever it was, whether it's death of a loved one, you know, let's say you lose your house in a house fire. One of our participants had that. Um, but you don't take it personally. Mm. Betrayal you take personally because it's it feels personal. Also with, let's say death of a loved one, you don't question their love. You mourn their loss, but you don't question their love. Betrayal has you question everything. You question your betrayer. You question your own sanity. You're like, I'm a bright person. How did I not know anything? You question everything. And there's a complete breakdown of the self, confidence, worthiness, if it's a romantic betrayal, desirability, trust, these are these are all foundational and they're shattered. So they all have to be rebuilt. So it didn't feel right calling healing from betrayal post-traumatic growth because you have to heal the whole self too. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. That's great. And that's the state you, you achieve when you've moved through the five stages.
0: So tell me, What's your opinion, though, about the relationship you have with, let's say, a person has betrayed you? Can you reestablish that relationship once that betrayal has happened or are there levels of it whereby the betrayal is too big and the, the relationship is then kaput and you have
2: to go through these stages to to get over it and then just move on? There are so many factors that go into it. but For example, like my family betrayal, I forgave and moved on. And there was no rebuilding. With my husband, there was the rebuild. And having done it both ways, the forgive and move on and the the forgive and rebuild, the forgive and rebuild took probably every ounce of every cell in me to have to change in order to be able and to be willing to do that. But it takes, you know, one of the things with forgiveness is when you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel better. Having done Mm. it, when you do not feel safe and valued, and you forgive, you feel worse. So, you know, with anybody who's listening to this, I I really invite you to take a good hard look at what's the the other person doing on that end. Are they? um, And and I call this a window of willingness. Maybe it's called something else, but this is this is what I call it. So, let's say there's a window, and the window is the widest open when um, at this number one level when there's remorse, apology, restitution. And it looks like this. I am so sorry. Uh, I understand how badly this hurts you. What can I do to make it up to you? Now, of course, it's going to take a lot more than just that with a betrayal, but that best case scenario, complete ownership, complete responsibility. Now you can imagine the window closes a bit with this next one because this one involves excuses. I did it because. Whenever you hear the word because, the window's closing a little bit. Now there's an excuse right here, right? Here's the parenting mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Now, here you're going to you're going to feel it close even more. The next one is blame. Well, I did it because you did that, right? So I call this the two-sided slap. Here you get it on one side, you get the betrayal, and now you're being blamed for it. And then the fourth one, absolutely the window is shut. No responsibility at all. Complete denial. There's nothing to work with there. Mm. So, so I always look at it as you know, um, forgiveness is is up to you. Um, karma is just up to the universe. You know, let let karma handle justice. That's right.
0: If the mm-hmm. window's completely closed, I suppose you just walk away and find a new window <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like I said
1: before, women obviously or humans take various. Time, amount of time mm-hmm. to go through these phases. Uh, and that speaking to that awareness that I guess um, I was saying before, you know, you can't know what you don't know. And then you're showing people that this is something that's possible. In your experience, how are you finding the, those stages? What sort of time frame are we looking at? How does that mm-hmm. work for people?
2: Uh, you know, we had a woman in the program recently, and she just burst into tears one day. She said, "Oh my gosh, this would have saved me twenty years." Mm. You know, the, everybody has their own timeline, but when there's a predictable format and formula and framework, it's like you know, I I, I just envision those those um, little rides at the amusement park. You know, if that child is willing to sit on that ride on that on that track, they will predictably go to the end of the ride, <laughs> and that's what that's what this is. Now you. you one of the biggest factors I would say that's going to hold you back, and I can talk about the three groups of women who did not heal too, but willingness is a huge piece. Because like, for example, if you're unwilling to to get rid of your story, you're not going to heal. Mm. So it can take you forever because you're not going to go anywhere. Or if you're, you know, it's really willingness. I would say willingness is the biggest factor in holding us back. But mm. the three the three different groups I saw, um, I assumed that, and you're not supposed to assume anything as a researcher, but hey, I was new at this. I was doing my best. I assumed that the people who were the hardest hit would uh, grow the least because they had the most to overcome. I was dead wrong. It turned out that the ones who were willing to face it, feel it, heal it, Grew the most because the ones who, let's say, it was so painful that they did anything to numb, avoid, distract. Mm. You know, they were taking either through food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior, whatever it was. They didn't heal. Now maybe their day was a little bit um, easier, but they just kind of stayed that way. They kept it because they didn't they didn't slay those dragons. They didn't go in there and do the work. You know, the other ones, if they were unwilling to give up their story they didn't heal. And the third group, when the betrayer didn't really have any consequences, they didn't heal. And that was actually my most physically sick group too. So what so- do you mean by that? When, when let's say because they uh, the betrayed, because they didn't want to rock the boat, because they didn't want to shake up their family, because their religion told them divorce wasn't okay or whatever it was. Um, so they just did their best to accept that was my most physically sick group.
0: Hmm. Yeah. The body just can't handle that untruth. It is amazing how many times we've come across this idea that emotions manifest physically, oh, yeah. you know, and, and to then identify that you can work with it and and it can change. But people do just walk around with this ball of sadness or guilt or emotion. whatever it is, emotion, mm. yeah, and, and it is carried around physically.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: Debbie, was there anything else stand out in the study that you found that
2: shocked you? You know, I I, I guess the, a big shock was, was that it didn't matter how hard hit you were. It was the willingness to move through that, um, you can heal from betrayals that make mine look like chicken feed. I mean really, mm-hmm. it, it was um, it had nothing to do with the severity of the betrayal. It had to do with the willingness and determination to heal. And I, I know how painful it is. And I've been there and uh, there were days I, I could barely get out of bed and but it didn't matter. It was as long as you know if I keep trying, doing what whatever, it, it's got to serve a purpose. Because otherwise, what am I just here for bad luck? I, I, I kind of knew I'm not just here to have bad things happen. If something really bad is going to happen, I better at least do something really good with it. Because otherwise, again, it, you just feel so ripped off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I like the way you're
0: making lemonades from your lemons there. <laughs> That's good. Very good. Um, can we just quickly talk about, um, it sounds really similar to grief about mm-hmm. you know, the way we deal with grief, but is dealing with betrayal a different sort of process?
2: It is because because of how it manifests physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Like, for example, this was one thing I saw with with most. You know, for it to be a stage, every single uh, woman had to experience it. But then there were these sub-themes, and these sub-themes were where the majority experienced it. So one, for example, was that maybe they started out uh, religious, but they move towards the spiritual part of their religion. Or if they weren't religious at all, they move towards spirituality. And I saw that so consistently and I was curious as to why and I realized I did the same thing too. And it's for two reasons. Number one, you're looking to feel the sense of connectedness. You're looking for support. But the other thing is, especially with betrayal, you don't trust your betrayer. You don't trust yourself. So you reason at the least, I could trust in God, the universe, source, whatever you want to call it. And it gives you some some hope that, okay, you know what? I have to learn how to trust again. And maybe that's a good starting point. Amazing. The, the most amazing thing I saw really was, I don't know if there is anyone stronger on the planet than someone who has healed from a devastating betrayal. Mm. I mean, maybe, you know, I guess I can't compare to losing losing a child. You know, I imagine that's horrific. And of course, death of a loved one is awful and all those things, tragic accident, all of them. But, you know, every relationship rests on that trust. And, and so rebuilding and healing and trusting in yourself again. And I have a process that I I teach how to rebuild trust because it's so foundational. But when you do, um, and you see really the gift in it, but now again, you can't tell somebody there's a gift in their betrayal too early because they'll, you know, <laughs> they want to punch you in the nose. But but at a certain point when you're willing to see that and That's a huge turning point because that takes what had become your life story and makes it a pivotal chapter of your story and makes it the launchpad to like this next best version of you that you had no idea even existed.
1: And then the, the part of that I think that's really interesting is, you know, for these women that you have worked with, Getting to a point that maybe, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there, that was maybe the best thing that ever happened to them.
2: I know it was for me. Yes. I mean, yes. but if you would have told me this years ago, I would have said, are you crazy? And I see it. I mean, because of it. And I, and here's the thing too. I actually saw a um, an intuitive... A counselor again because I didn't trust myself. I didn't. I so I said, "Oh well, she's got a direct line to the universe. Let me just see what she has to say." Let me dial say. in. <laughs> yeah, and um, speed dial, and and she said, "Oh my gosh, Debbie, how you plan this?" She goes, "You you needed something so catastrophic, so everything you knew would crash and burn, <laughs> and you are going to, you're going to have a center, and you're going to write books, and you're going to teach this from this deep place of knowing." And I thought she was full blown crazy. Every single thing she said happened. Everything, single thing she said. So I can look at it now and say, yeah, it was the greatest thing. Um, I don't want to do it again anytime soon. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Once
0: in a lifetime's enough, I think.
2: That's plenty. Maybe even a couple lifetimes. When you think
0: about it, I, it really does boil down to that fact that you did trust someone and they chose to destroy that trust. Coming to terms with the fact that someone has chosen
2: to treat you in a particular way, is where the difficulty lies, isn't it? Absolutely. It's without your awareness or consent, someone chose to put their needs above yours mm. and they broke that unspoken rule. And here we were playing by the rules and someone just took it upon themselves to, to break those rules. And then it's it's even, and I'm finding, I, I do a lot of, I'm studying um, empaths and highly sensitive people. And unfortunately I'm both. And yeah. so <laughs> it, it's even, it's so mind blowing because I live very simply. It's like before I do anything, will this hurt someone? If so, don't do it. Period. That's the way I live. And it's my mistake because I assume that everybody else is living by that same those same rules and that's not true. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know it's a big shocker to me. <laughs> but but it's something that, you know, that most people just know. So it's it's really mind-blowing because you know, I just, in my mind, I just come from this place of just treat people nicely, period. Yeah. Mm. yeah.
1: So I, I would love to know that one thing that you would say to somebody if they find themselves, this is resonating with them, they've been betrayed. Oh, yeah. What mm-hmm. is it that you're going to be able to show them that I guess anyone looking at this would maybe think, oh, that's too hard. How do you get into uh, how these how do you, five how steps? Do, yeah. How do we do this?
2: Yeah. that You know what I would say? It is hard. Yes. I'm not going to lie about it, but it's like you have, everybody has that messy drawer, messy room, messy, you know, garage, whatever. And, you know, you avoid it. You just don't want to look at it. You don't want to go there. And then what happens is it takes a tremendous amount of energy to avoid it. And then there's that one day <laughs> that you say, you know what? Here we go. And if you notice, you bring your garbage bags in and whatever, and you commit. And if you notice, it actually looks a lot worse in the beginning because now you're sorting through things. Do I get rid of this? Do I donate this? What do I do? And it's actually a lot worse. But then once you do that and you buy all your fancy little organizer things, you put it all (laughs) back. and, And then it's this beautiful space. And then you can admire it and appreciate what you've been through and now what you have. You can only get to that beautiful space if you're willing to do that work. And it's the same thing with betrayal. You cannot heal if you are unwilling to do that work. I appreciate why you don't want to. It's brutal. I've done it, but that's the only way to only way to the other side.
0: I think though, definitely the first part of it is accepting that someone has done something wrong by you and that like that's okay for you to acknowledge that that wasn't your fault or mm-hmm. this has happened to you and but you have to work through it yourself. You can't expect that person to come and open the window and forgive because that's not necessarily or say no. sorry, apologise with a bit of slapping blame Mm. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing and maybe listening to this you could go oh this has happened and it wasn't my fault Mm. and I can Mm -hmm. move on yeah absolutely be my better self and what's
2: the gift and what's the (laughs) gift in it because I swear there is one Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely Debbie we've loved talking with you today where can our listeners access you and find you
2: Uh, The best thing they can do is take the quiz to see to what extent they're struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. So that's just PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Perfect.
1: Um, I've loved this and I know our listeners will too. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us
0: today. Oh, thank you so much. Did that, I, I, I want to know, what, what did one, you
2: think of, of two personally? There's what was always it? someone
1: that you're like, oh, I'd love to send this episode to. <laughs> but there are also people that you know that are completely traumatised by something that's happened to them that's definitely shaped who they are today. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they haven't gotten on with their life, but they haven't healed.
0: Well, it's shaped them. I think, too, it's this idea that if someone does betray you, whether it be a big or a small or whatever that betrayal is, it isn't your fault. That was really interesting to hear her talk about how these things happen. They happen to everybody, mm. but a big part of it is you can think, was this something that I did that has made this person do this? Mm. But no, there's ways that you can just go shut that door and let's yes, let's work it out. absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Debbie. Simba. yes, that was excellent. She now,
1: was awesome. I know she was awesome, so obviously, please um do feel the. The love and if you feel like you (laughs) want to share the uh, podcast, we'd love that. We do have some new reviews, which is always exciting. I want to read one that's specific to our episode with Pinky McKay. Yes. It says, wonderful, that's the title. Oh, that's a good title. Five stars is always excellent. Um, First time listening and I am a new breastfeeding mother. Well, I salute you because that's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, Your podcast on breastfeeding was so helpful and insightful. We'll continue listening to other episodes. Woo! See?
0: Get them in at the breast and you've got them for life. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. If you're wondering how you leave a review, uh, you just go to the... Go to the very bottom of your... If you're on your phone, let's face it, most people are on their phone, right? Yeah, that's right. On the little... I don't know what it is the on podcast, an Android, oh, but it's purple on an on a iPhone. iPhone, yeah. Yes. The little podcast app. Go down to the bottom and you can have a look at where the yeah, ratings and you, reviews yeah. are and that's where you find them. And yes. follow the links and off you go. And five stars. Thank you. Do you know what? I actually had a little moment the other day where I was looking at the reviews and I thought five people have put one star. I and know. I thought, who are those five people that have but, gone to the <laughs> effort to put one star? Well, you know what? People are funny and they do all sorts of funny things. We The
1: other day we got an email yeah. from this master series that I'm doing and someone had written, it was really nasty. It was like, oh yeah, because someone's actually going to go and pay for this. <laughs> I was like, okay then. No, you You've taken the time. In- yeah, I get paid in shampoo. That's but right. they've taken the time to actually do that. I just thought it was particularly funny. They must have been having a really bad day.
0: Well, and clearly their mum didn't say to them, if you haven't anything nice to say, don't say anything <laughs> don't at say all. Any- well, and, then, and
1: sometimes some people might say, well, I need to be transparent, otherwise I'm going to become resentful. So, oh. there's no right or wrong. Anyway, we've loved bringing this episode to you today. Absolutely. Thank you for listening and joining in.
0: We'll be back with another episode of very The soon, Wellness yes. Collective very soon. And until next time, we hope you're feeling happier, healthier and better.